You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back into the MLB Pipeline Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Schusterman, and it is draft season, which means we should probably talk to some people involved in the draft. And one guy who is definitely going to be involved in the draft in a very special way is Bobby Witt Jr. And Bobby is joining the show. Bobby, thank you uh, for coming on the podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, Bobby, obviously this is a big time of year for you. Uh, you've been certainly looking forward to this moment for a long time. I'm curious, at what point in your career uh, as a high school player did you first start thinking about the possibility of being drafted? Honestly, ever since I was little, I've used to just always watch baseball on TV, probably from the age of like four and up. And ever since then, I always looked at it and kind of pointed at it like, this is what I want to do. But really, just throughout high school, just going throughout the, the summer showcase and, and then seeing my buddies from the past, like Bryce Serang, Nolan Gorman, all them get drafted, it kind of, kind of hit me last year, I'd say. So, How much are you paying attention, Bobby, right now to, to draft chatter? I mean, you guys are still in the playoffs. Is that kind of a, a pleasant distraction? I mean, you, I, I know it's the, the Texas playoff format's always fascinated to me also where teams decide whether it's one game or three games. But are you guys in the quarterfinals at this point? It's the third round, and then so – we have two more rounds, the fourth and fifth round, and if we win those two rounds, you go to the state semis and then the championship. And how much? How nice is it to, to still have the season going on? Does it help take your mind off the draft, or are you paying attention to the draft much at, at this point or more on the back burner? Yeah, I know it's up in the air and everything, but just kind of really focusing on this team and just this has been our goal the past even the past four years of my high school career. It's winning a state championship. In the past few years, we fell short. And this senior group of guys is really special. So kind of this year, I want to go out with a bang with the state championship, hopefully this year. Bobby, you've been you know playing at a high level, not just uh, at home, but uh, showcases and things like that. Even starting as an underclassman, uh, you know, sort of building off of, of what Jordan asked you about, you know, thinking about the draft. At what point did you realize that, you belonged in, in the conversations that you're in, in terms of the draft. When, you know, when did you start looking around you and realizing that you were competing with the, the best, not only in your own class, but at times, sometimes the class in front of you or two classes in front of you? Uh, I'd probably say just kind of this summer, just getting to do all those, uh, the all American games and getting the opportunity to play with team USA was incredible. Just going down there and playing in Panama and just, getting to play at that high level with those guys and just kind of succeeding in that and doing other things throughout the summer that went well, just really, it's just kind of been a blessing throughout everything just with the God given talents and the work that I've put into to get me to this spot. So I've been really grateful for being able to be here today. Bobby, I mean, you've played in a lot of, you know, you know, like you were just alluding to a lot of top events with team USA I always like to ask players, like turn you guys into scouts a little bit. Who is the best pitcher you faced, uh, you know, facing all this top competition? Who stands out the most from a pitching perspective? And then just from the other hitters you've seen, uh, you know, which hitters impressed you the most? Faced a bunch of good arms this summer. And then all those All-American games, you're facing those guys for one inning and they're, they're giving you their best stuff. And seeing a Spino throwing 100, that's always tough. It's not easy to hit 100, but uh, – 
So that was that was fun doing that. And then Jack Leiter just really his pitchability with everything. He was able to throw his any type of pitch whenever he wanted at pretty much any location. And then just seeing other guys that I didn't get to face, like Brendan Malone and other guys. And Hunter Barco was another guy that that could throw it really really well. And then the hitters just that whole team USA team was something special. And then you going up against Reese Hines in that home run derby. Massive power hitting balls that I've never seen go really look like golf balls off a of, off a of bat, and then just Tyler Callahan, Anthony Volpe, C.J. Abrams, Riley Green, all those the list goes on and on. Just with that Team USA and those guys, just that that group we had out there, it we could really swing the bats. Now, do you have a, a preference as a hitter? Would you rather face the the hundred from Espino or the the pitchability from Lighter? I think I'd rather face the the hundred from a spino because if you you get good good wood on that it can go pretty far. Right, you let him you let him provide all the power. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, I want to ask you one of the things I always like to you know from seeing you over the summer, Bobby, is you, you play with um, such a passion for, for for the game, and you know all you've been doing is baseball. I think some people expect a a guy who's like groomed to be in the draft and that you'd kind of be one of these robotic type, but it's clear that you just love being out on the field and would play anywhere. Has that always been the case for you? And where do you think that comes from? I just truly love the game so much. Just ever since I was little, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And I just feel like he's got to respect the game at all times. Just watching growing up, watching Derek Jeter play the game and just watching Mike Trout and all those guys nowadays play the game. They're just playing hard and just, that's just the way I was raised just to go out all the time and just do your best. And then whenever you're out there going hard, that's when it's fun. Whenever it becomes, whenever you have a lot of energy out there, that's when you have, I feel like the most fun, because, you know, Bobby, how much does it help to have your dad as a, as a resource while you're going through this whole process? I mean, I can't imagine a player ever having a father who could be more helpful considering, I mean, he went number three overall in the draft back in 1985. You know, he works as a, as an agent for Octagon. Now he played 16 years in the big leagues. It's gotta be pretty cool to be able to share all this with him. And just how helpful is it? I mean, I got to think that, that your dad can probably answer just about any question you might have for him going through this process. Yeah. Just having him as, like a role model just throughout all my years of playing and having that resource of knowing that he's done what I've want to do and hopefully do. And just with him also being that, that the agent knowing all those factors with the draft and things, and just, he's always been there throwing me BP and just, it's good to have, it's almost like a, like a cheat sheet to have, to ask him questions on like the struggle in baseball and how the ups and downs and what do you do when you're doing good? What do you do when you're doing bad? So it's just, to get in those routines that he tells me about it just it's it's been awesome to have well sure he, he has been a, an extremely valuable resource but let's be a little honest here how how awesome would it be jim mentioned he went number three overall if you if you beat him you know even just by a pick uh maybe two we'll see what happens but is that something that you uh you're hoping maybe you can hold over him just for a little friendly family rivalry Oh, that'd be incredible, but it's really, it's not my, my decision. I just got to go out there and play hard and just have fun with it. And, and just, it's the evaluator, evaluator's decision now. Well, you answered that like a seasoned professional. So that's impressive. Last <laughs> one for you, Bobby. Um, you said he throws BP to you now. I bet you he still can get it up there. But the question is, 
who wins a wit versus wit matchup if it's your dad in his prime pitching to you right now? Well, just seeing video and everything on him, he either he might hit me or walk me. Just knowing <laughs> from the past, hopefully I'd get the. I know he'd like to throw that fastball, and I'd be hunting for that fastball early in the count and try to try to get me a good piece off of him. It'd be awesome. It, it sounds like you've given that some thought. I uh, just not not too much. Just he 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 throws BP all the time, and every I'll hit him good every once, pretty much most of the time nowadays. But uh. He'll try to rear him back and still throw it. And he's got a little bit left in the tank. But nowadays, that, that L screen gets closer and closer every time we go out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Bobby. That's a, an excellent note to end on. Uh, good luck uh, the rest of the way in the playoffs. And, of course, on June 3rd. And I'm sure uh, we'll be talking to you uh, a lot uh, from, from that point forward. Thanks so much for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. It was great watching you last summer, especially at that home run derby. And looking forward to seeing you on a professional field in the future and good luck in the playoffs the rest of the way yes sir thank you very much all right well that was some great stuff with bobby witt jr very good to hear from him and looking forward to hearing his name called in the 2019 draft next month but we're going to cut the draft chat there and we are going to get to some other prospect news uh, we got a few very exciting call-ups this week in the big leagues and i wanted to get your guys's take on them so i wanted to start up in milwaukee where the brewers have called up top prospect Keston Hira, uh, and he's already in the lineup, already notched his first career hits uh, this week. Um, Jonathan, how excited are you to see Hira, probably one of the best pure bats in the minors, and what are your expectations for him now that he's in the big leagues? Well, it's, it's killing my fantasy team because I had Mike Moustakas as my second baseman, but that's my own, my own yeah. fault and lack of playing. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, this is a guy that we knew uh, was going to move pretty quickly in advanced bat. A uh, chance to hit for average and power, and and it was a it was always a question of of when and not if. Obviously, the signing of Mustakas did uh, give them a little time just to let him get his feet under him in AAA. Uh, and it, you know, probably the least surprising thing is that he he came up and got a couple of knocks right away. I think he's really going to hit. He's such an advanced hitter with such a good idea at the plate that even if the league starts to figure him out, I think he's going to adjust and manage to compete and contribute. And if, if he's not driving the ball, I think he's still the kind of guy who's going to have a professional approach and, 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 and get his share of base hits and, and, and keep things moving, uh, score some runs, drive some runs and some runs, you know, to, obviously depending on where he hits in the lineup long-term, but uh, you know, the Brewers are already an exciting team. And then they just brought up one of the best pure hitters in the minor leagues to, to add to what's already a pretty good lineup. What I like about it, I mean, and again, it just kind of shows you how the call-ups work these days. The Brewers are trying to win, so they're not playing service time games. You know, he, you know, Travis Shaw's off to a really rough start. They're probably better defensively with Hira at second and Moustakis at third. And, and you just go out and you're putting your best team on the field. You know, I, it'd be interesting. I mean, we probably all think if the Brewers weren't contending, and obviously they are, they almost made the World Series last year, that he probably is spending more time in AAA working on his defense. The, the most interesting thing to me about him was watching him in the Fall League last year. It's almost like he was trying to you know, hit for more power. Like he actually had his strikeout rate jumped, but he hit for a lot more power. And if you look at his numbers in AAA this year, he was actually striking out like it for him kind of a surprising clip. Um, you know, he had 40 strikeouts and 147 plate appearances, which is, you know, what about 27% or so, but he also hit 11 home runs with the, you know, the rocket balls are using in AAA now. Um, and I almost wonder if, 
I, I really think, and I, I think I said this on our podcast, and I'm not trying to oversimplify, but he's such a gifted hitter. It's almost like he can kind of decide where on the scale he wants to balance hit versus power. You know, when he was drafted, everybody focused on the hit, you know, because he had the, you know, he led the NCAA Division One in hitting. He was the best pure hitter in his draft. You know, he came out in, in you know, his pro debut, and I think he hit, what, like 370, you know, just crazy numbers. And, and you thought of this guy who's a great hitter for average. But, you know, I mean, this guy might be a 25 home run dude. I mean, he's not just hit for high average. And I'll be very curious to see where he winds up on that scale of hit versus power. It, it may be more balanced than, than we originally thought. Right. Obviously, as you've made very clear, he is very much known for his bat. I know that he had some arm trouble coming out of the draft. What are our expectations? I mean, the bat is going to carry anywhere. But are we worried about him at second base or do we think he's going to end up being just fine? Jonathan, what do you, what do you think about his defensive uh, profile? He's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine. He was hurt. I think there was some concern that maybe he would need uh, surgery, which he didn't. And he's been fine. I mean, is he going to win gold gloves? No. Is he, is he a capable enough defender? I think so. I think, I think it's going to be fine. And people are, are, going to forget all about that once he has a, a couple of, of years under his belt. I, I really think, I don't want to say it's much to do about nothing because obviously you're considering him for the first round and it was a guy who didn't play defense his entire junior year of college. It was tough to figure out what to do. Uh, but because it was an injury, it wasn't, he didn't have the yips. He didn't have some horrible arm action that made you think, oh my God, that's not going to work, you know, defensively at all. Uh, right. It was an injury. And I think they gave him the time to 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 rest and rehab and and he's fine as a second baseman. Yep, that that seems that seems fair. Right, obviously he's going to hit enough that most people probably <laughs> won't be paying much attention to his defense. But I uh, just wanted to, to check in on that. So Hero was not the only uh, top prospect called up this week. Today, uh, courtesy of the Braves, calling up their top hitting prospect Austin Riley from AAA. Uh, now Riley, who only turned 22 uh, at the beginning of April, was absolutely crushing it uh, with the Gwinnett. Stripers uh, up 15 home runs already on the season for Riley, and now he's going to come up and try and help a Braves team trying to stay in the mix in the NL East. Uh, Jim, where do we, what do we expect from Riley? This is one of the bigger bats in the minor leagues. Does have some strikeout issues, um, but can we expect him to contribute right away for this Braves team? Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, when you're trying to win, I don't think you you call up the guy if you aren't expecting him to contribute right away. And, and you know, it's funny, you know, for a guy who's 15 home runs. I'm actually more impressed with his contact this year, just based on his patio. When he got triple A last year, you know, he tore up double A and he swung and missed a decent amount in triple A last year. And again, anybody who doesn't think the major league balls are juiced is not watching triple A this year because they switched to major league balls this year and triple A teams are scoring like 30% more runs than the rest of the minor leagues. And, and just home run totals are through the roof. Like the, I was looking at isolated power and I think that's up like 30 or even more percent from last year. So the fact, I mean, we knew Riley had power. Now he gets to hit the, the billiard ball, billiard balls with seams on him. He hit a ball almost 500 feet the other day. That's not a surprise, but what's impressed me is the strikeout rates down around 20%. And if he does that, he's going to hit a lot of home runs. Uh, you know, power is his ticket, but I, I've actually been more impressed that he's made more consistent contact and controlled the strike zone a lot better this year than he did in his first taste of AAA last year. You know, and, and, you know, in his defense, he was only 21, so it wasn't like it was a terrible year. But but that's actually impressed me more than the Gotti home run titles and the the 494 foot home run or whatever it was the other day. Yeah, I mean he he had 10, 10 homers in May. He already tied the Gwinnett record 
for for homers in a month, and it's May. You know, he came up after May fourteenth. So, but I I, I want to just echo what Jim says, and I do the Braves top thirty. So I've been writing about Riley for a while, and uh, I think there are a lot of people who thought that he was an all or nothing home run hitter who would have to move to first base. And, you know, a, a couple of things have changed. One, um, uh, you know, or, or he's evolved as a hitter. As, as Jim said, he's making a lot more contact. Um, he really worked with Mike Brumley, the Braves hitting instructor, to, to make more contact. Um, so I think you know, all of that has, has helped him. He, he kind of started out his career, be a slow starter, and then come on the second half. Uh, he's already changed that. Uh, he's given a lot of credit. He went and worked with Albert Pujols during the offseason in terms of getting to his power more without selling out for it. And I think that's the thing. And he's, be, he's a much better athlete than people realize. He really uh, bought into the conditioning program. He changed his body. So he became a, a better all-around third baseman. And listen, a couple of years ago when he first came out, if someone had suggested that maybe he the field, I don't, I don't think – anybody would have would have agreed with that assessment and he's not going to you know be amazing out there uh but he's going to be fine for however long they need him to to play the outfield and and he's a much better all-around player than um than i think people thought he might be when he first entered the pro game and you know what's funny about him too is Fans probably don't remember this. I, I just it drafts on my mind. But when he was in the draft, going into his senior year at Soto Central in Mississippi, guys were looking at him as a pitcher. Most teams liked him as a pitcher, and his you know he, he hit ninety four on the showcase circuit going into that year. His stuff was kind of down. His curveball wasn't as sharp. And he got drafted as a position player. And and Brian Bridges, who was the Braves scouting director at the time, like he likes to give me a hard time because I guess when we were talking about him on the draft show, and I don't remember this, I was laying out how more teams liked him as a pitcher and they were taking him as a hitter. And I, I guess I concluded my little spiel on Austin Riley by going, we'll see. And Bridges, I guess, like they gave him a hard time in the draft room in Atlanta. Like, oh man, you know, Jim's kind of you know dinging on your pick a little bit, which was not my intention. But uh, we we have seen, and Austin Riley looks like he's going to be a pretty good uh, position player. Uh, that that pick has worked out very nicely to this point. Yes, I'm I'm very curious to see if he. I mean, again, we know they have Donaldson there, uh, but uh, Riley could could just come up and start mashing. I also say uh, to the point about the the, the balls uh, being a little bit different now they're using a Triple A, especially in the International League. Of course, we always see crazy uh, offensive numbers in the Pacific Coast League, but to see the kind of crazy numbers in the International League uh, is definitely uh, seems like a ball different. Uh, but let's move on to one more hitter uh, before we get out of here on this week's episode. This is not a guy who is still prospect eligible, but is also one of the best hitters in the minor leagues. And he was just called back up today by the Rangers. It's Willie Calhoun. Now, this is a gentleman who does not necessarily have a position. Now he's maybe blocked by a resurgent Hunter Pence at the big league level. But now Willie's back in the big league, was as he has for the last three years, crushing it in AAA, hitting 304 with eight home runs. Um, what do we what do we see the future here for, for Willie Calhoun? Does he need to find a different team that has a better spot for him? Or is he just going to have to hit enough in his limited opportunities uh, to stick. Jonathan, what do you, what do you think is going to happen with Willie? Man, I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> he can hit. I mean, I, I just remember watching him take batting practice uh, when he was in the fall league uh, back in 2016. And yeah, I know it's just batting practice, but you want to talk about a guy where 
it makes a different sound. Uh, he was one of those guys. And, you know, you see him and you're like, I don't I don't understand how this is going to work. He's small. He's stocky. And then you then you watch him hit and you're like, oh, and all he's done in the minors is, is hit and hit and power. He drives and runs. You know, he's he's done all of that. Um, he just he needs an extended period of time to play in the big leagues. So he's got just over 130 at bats. And the big leagues spread out over two seasons. And that, that's not, not enough time, especially because I think he is the kind of guy that if you put him in the lineup every day, he is going to hit. Now, where he can play is a question. And as you mentioned, you know, uh, with what Hunter Pence has been been doing, um, his sort of resurgence, I'm not sure how it will work, you know, in, in Texas long term, but maybe they dangle him. Uh, you know, he's still only 24. It's not like I feel like we've been talking about him for a really long time because he, he kind of jumped out in his first full season and just raked. Um, and that kind of put him, uh, you know, firmly on the map and the Dodgers had moved him kind of quickly. So he got to the upper levels in a hurry and then kind of has gotten stuck. So it's uh, once upon a time, I, I want to have a, like a series of like a free the prospect kind of series and he even though he's not a technically a prospect anymore fits very very well and under that uh, umbrella absolutely yeah free willy free willy come on oh nicely done <laughs> uh jim do you do you think uh willy can find his uh, way onto to some major league time yeah i mean I, I when he was coming up i mean he had one of the best combinations of power and patience in the minor leagues and he can he puts the bat in the ball he, he doesn't strike out much for a power hitter I think what happened, it seemed to me like after he came over in the U Darvish trade at the end of 2017, last year, he was kind of in that limbo, like where he could make the team, maybe not make the team. It was uncertain. He didn't make it out of spring training. And I felt like early on in AAA, he got out of being who Willie Calhoun is. Like he was trying to do too much at the plate. He was chasing more than he did. And the results weren't as good. And it seemed like he started to get back to being his normal self more toward the end of the year. And he certainly did this year. I mean, you know, the, the reality in, in Texas is the team's probably not going to win for at least a few years. And Hunter Pence is playing really well. But, like, like to me, trade him. you know, trade him. You know, Shinsu Chu, and I don't know off the top of my head Shinsu Chu's contract status, but both he and Hunter Pence are 36. I, I feel comfortable in saying, and I'm looking here, Chu is signed through next year. Neither of those guys is going to be in Texas when Texas is ready to win again. So, you need to give Willie Calhoun at bats and find out what he can do. I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of trade value for him because you're basically looking at a, I don't know if I'll go adequate, maybe an adequate left fielder. Maybe you're probably talking about blow average left fielder or DH. And he's a different type of guy, but it's kind of like when Dan Vogelbach was, was blocked in Chicago there wasn't a ton of trade value for Dan Vogelbach, or at least it was limited because you were basically looking at a DH. So I, I think you're kind of looking at the same thing with Willie Calhoun. I, if I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind acquiring him from another team because he's young, and I do think there's offensive upside there. But realistically, it's probably DH. So it's not like you're going to go out and get a huge piece for him. So I think you need to find out what he can do for your club right now. Now, you know, I was kind of killing his defense there, and I think most scouts will kill his defense you're not winning this year, so you can let him run around left field a little bit and see what he can do and, and determine whether he can play left or if he's really DH. But but to me, uh, you know, John Daniels has not called and asked my opinion. But if I'm running the Rangers, 
I'm not going to win with Hunter Pence and Shinsu Chu when I'm ready to win again. I might be able to win with Willie Calhoun because he can really hit. So I make it a priority to find ways to get him in the lineup somehow. Yeah, I agree. And and I think, you know, now we've seen this year, uh, now that Vogelback is finally playing, he's actually hitting quite well. It took him f- two full seasons in AAA to finally get an opportunity in Seattle. But that has has, has paid dividends there for the Mariners. And I hope to see Willie get that same opportunity in the near future. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me. This has been great. Uh, thank you again to Bobby Wood Jr. for joining the podcast. Uh, this has been the MLB Pipeline Podcast for Jim and Jonathan. I'm your host, George Schusterman, and we will talk to you guys next week. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.